Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello, welcome to your Hollywood crime scene mini-sode. Hi. <laughs> We're going to come up with a better title because these aren't going to, these aren't really mini-sodes. It's still going to be like an hour long. Right. It's I think just, we talked about like HCS Confidential or something. Is that cheesy? Um, we could do that. I mean, one of our tiers on Patreon is LA Confidential. Okay. We'll I think mean, about it. We'll think about it. Um, okay. We actually have a lot to talk about yeah. as far as celebrity crime goes this week. But first, we're going to um, kind of give our opinions on the Ted Bundy movie. That's called Extremely Wicked, I'm sorry, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. What a tongue twister. It's a tongue twister. twister. I have to say, like, one of my stupidest things I regularly do is when I'm, like, watching a movie and they say the title, I always think that's where they got the title. Right. Like, I always am like, oh. Right. (laughs) I'm like, I'm, like, such a rube. Right. So then they did say that. In the movie, it's during his trial at the end, the judge says says it about his crimes, obviously. Right, which is a real thing that he said. Yeah, but it's still a bad title, don't you think? I think it's a... I mean, I like I like that phrase or that sentence. Like, it right. sounds really dramatic and stuff, but it is, like, a very long title for a, a movie. It's a long title. It's confusing. And you forget the words. Like, sometimes I was like, wait, is it I extremely it weird? Up. Yeah. Like, I would forget, like, which words they used. I think the other thing is, uh, this movie did not really focus on how wicked, evil, and vile he was. So that would be my major complaint with this movie, Rachel. Look, I took some notes while I was watching it today, and my first note was, I hate the song, Do You Believe in Magic? I know, you, you texted me that I was today. so I was mad. I knew exactly what you were talking about. Because it reminds me of McDonald's commercials from the 90s. Well, it's also kind of like... Okay, we get it. You're putting up a contrast of, but um, it's not a good. But it's such a bad song a bad that song. like, why do I? Why do I? Why do you? Here's the thing: the music choices in this movie were so bizarre. Yeah, they always had a point of like contrasting what we know about. That's the other problem I had with the movie. If you didn't know anything about Ted, you Bundy, would think it was a wrongfully accused man, <laughs> right? That's how they portrayed him. I mean, I get that they were trying to do it from the girlfriend's perspective a bit, but it's like, well, let's still see what he's doing while she doesn't know. That's like, compelling to me. Yeah. If they had done that, I, yeah. I am so disappointed, and I, I hate shitting on other people's art, like in a public forum, because I know right. people work really hard on films. I know there's a lot of like rewrites that happen. It can be really frustrating as a creator, right? I had so many problems with this movie, and I don't want to, you know, fault the actors for it. Because the acting was good. The acting was good. I'm really sad that, like, I mean, I, there was so much hype behind this movie. Like, let's just talk about how much hype there was right. leading up to this. Well, I also remember when the trailer dropped, and everyone was like, what the hell? Because it did sell him like he was this anti-hero. Right. And I remember thinking, they must... It must be it just, must just trailer. Be the trailer. Like it's a bad trailer, but it really right. was the trailer for this movie. Like, uh, I, I mean, the that's trailer what the movie was the trailer was spot on. Everything you see in the trailer, that is the tone of the movie. Um, I would have, you know, I think there's a way you can that you can have like comedy in horrific movies. There's absolutely a way you can have lightheartedness in horrific movies, right. but they didn't show any of the horrific crimes 
that he actually right. did. And Ted Bundy, it's like, he's so famous that sometimes, like, you know, his name is just so ubiquitous with serial killers, like people right. who aren't like so deep into serial killer they know facts, yeah. but they know who he is. But I'm saying they don't know like the, spe- the specifics of just how gruesome his crimes were. Right. He fucked a head, didn't he? Yeah. Like he fucked that girl's I mean, head. I'm not saying we have to see that. No. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like. We could have seen something like um, we do finally at the end a bit, but like, like, it, like if you're gonna portray him as this charming guy, you need to contrast and tell the truth, and show just like how horrific his crimes were, and not frame it in a way where it, did he do it or didn't he? Because that sort of was the framing of this right. movie. There was also like uh, some of the stunt casting. I don't even know if it's stunt casting, but it was sort of like would take me out a bit. Like when I saw Haley Joel Osment, I was like, oh. <laughs> like yeah. I haven't seen him in a while like right uh, you know what I mean it was just like and then it's like oh the guy from Big Bang well and like, uh, James Hetfield was James in Hetfield. it James and even like John Malkovich I was like Wait, why, did he, why did he take this role like well, it is literally like he nothing wasn't, it, he wasn't like promoted that he was going to be in the movie so I when, was shocked when so I saw him when he showed up as the judge I was like oh my god it's fucking John Malkovich <laughs> okay I will give credit for one scene that I did think was very chilling and that was the final scene between yes. the girlfriend when he wrote Hacksaw in yes. the steam or whatever of the the glass. That was chilling. That was finally, I was like, I wish we had seen that, like, some some things like that earlier on. Because that scene was like, finally, they it, got it right. Right. Like, it, the, the juxtaposition of her not knowing and finally him telling her. That was chilling. And how they also intercut that scene with scenes of him committing right. or beginning to commit that crime. Yes. So he was basically admitting to her. Right. Like, Finally, I uh, wanted more of that kind of chilling moment. I was that was a chilling moment. It like was chilling. Sure. It was really so, but well it was done. Like the last ten minutes. I will give them credit because that was a really well done scene. That was a great scene. And I do think the wardrobe they did a great job with that. Like everyone, like looked like the person they were portraying. Zac Efron like, looked hot. He looked really hot, but he looked definitely like they nailed it for the movie casting of who would play Ted Bundy. Absolutely. Like, and I feel bad because I. I was so excited to see that. Like, I love, like, one of my favorite genres is, like, teen star does something really dark and fucked up. Right. So I really wanted to he see him. He did a good job, I thought. He did a great job, but I wanted this movie to also be so great. The other yeah. bizarre thing was, like, it was never said that this was going to be a Netflix film. Right. And then all of a sudden it just dropped on Netflix it one day. It seemed like a TV movie to me. Like it did you know play I mean? like, like that. Yeah. I mean, okay, so here are my notes about okay, the movie. So Zach Efron looks great. Um, Haley Joel Osment, he was really trying to move in on that ass. Like that little side story was funny to me that like right. the, you know, I mean, I don't know if that character actually existed in real life, but no. you know, this was I just, oh, it's just such a missed opportunity to me because, like, yeah, this was a real woman that they were portraying in right. the film. She wrote a book about her right. experience being in and a I relationship. And I think her perspective would be interesting. Right. I just don't think they did a good job. Like right. if she was being naive and then the whole time we were seeing what he was doing. Exactly. That would have been scary. And then like, him coming home to her and her yeah. daughter after he had just, like... There was like, no, like... Yeah. It was weird. It just felt like it was all about like this wrongfully accused man who's going to court to testify. I mean, when I was watching it, I know everything about Ted Bundy. I know, me too. And I was like, well, maybe he did. (laughs) I know. I was like, why am I like not buying it? Like, dude, it was so fucked up because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, wait, this movie's doing way too good of a job trying to convince the audience that he's actually innocent and he was wrong. Ted Bundy is like one of the 
biggest monsters like right and he confessed to everything it's yeah not like it's even in question like right uh but yeah i mean and then also the evidence was just like i did i did also i did find it amusing at the end when he was executed like all the florida rubes right <laughs> totally <laughs> get the like, trash out like of florida like, just the casting of that like scene was hilarious to me i was like yeah that's pretty much what it probably was like i mean the other thing i um okay wait what are my other notes um, oh, what did you think about the scene where he's fucking Carol at the vending machine? I thought that scene was weird because I didn't get why she all of a sudden was like, you're still in love with her. Like, he that was say, so weird. I rewound it because I was like, did he say her name? Like, right. Or no, he like didn't. That? And she just picked that up? Like, she just had like a random out of the blue meltdown. She was like, they had just I finished fucking. I feel like we fucking. skipped a scene like, or, some, or Maybe something they, got cut. They like, cut something. Yeah, because that came out of nowhere for me. Yeah. Yeah. So that was weird. The thing, other one other thing I did like is when they flash forward to the late '80s, uh, there were those little metal clacker balls on Liz's desk. I just thought like the, whoever the set director was, they were having a little fun. I just thought yeah. like that was a very good touch. Yeah, because that yeah. was very. Everyone had those balls on their desk if Absolutely. you were a professional. <laughs> That's my idea of what a professional is. They have those metal you need a, clacker you need one balls. Of those stress games or like a ball to squeeze. <laughs> Yeah, come, come on. on. I know how you work in offices. <laughs> you can't fool me. Um, I actually don't really have much else to say. I don't either. And I, mean, I and I like like I said, I don't want to bash the director. I don't watch the movie. Like it's definitely like it interesting. Is, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. No, but it's you know, it's, it's not like I also think it's just not what I expected. And I think it's I think that's why a lot of fans or critics maybe are more shocked is because we were expecting more of the traditional serial killer film. So it was very much a departure from that. And if they were going to do a departure from that, I would have personally done things differently. Yeah. Uh, And maybe there were things in the first draft that were different and they got cut for whatever reason. We don't know. And this is the guy who did the documentary. Right. And he also did Paradise Lost. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. So it's like he's coming from a background where he does focus on darker yeah you know what i mean like, and i don't think he's a bad director at all i think he's a fine no, director I mean, yeah anyway so let's just talk briefly about game of thrones yes we did have we have some listener questions and i'm going to get to those at the end but we did have one game of thrones related so i'm just going to bring it up right now okay and that was from nikki nikki sent a bunch of questions nikki i'm going to get to other questions next week but this one will take this week because it was about something that happened on the episode this week and she asked if you were brianne wouldn't you rather fuck tormund than jamie no i wouldn't i wouldn't i mean she's very pro ginger and i like that because i'm a ginger you know what i get that like tormund definitely has a fan base like people think tormund's really hot and he is like sexy and and he's one of my favorite characters and he has the best line of last episode the giant titties? No, the one where he's like, who's shit in my pants? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a good line. That was a really funny line. Yeah. I love Tormund as a character and stuff, but I also think it was just, there's no chemistry between him and Brienne. Like, it's so one-sided. I have to say, I was not into the sex scene between Jamie and Brienne. Well, they didn't show anything. But it's still like, even though I had kind of whatever shipped them a bit, when it happened, I was kind of like, uh. Here's, like, here's he didn't really seem into it well here's my unpopular opinion about that everyone shipped jamie lannister and brienne i shipped them as like a best friends for life i just didn't get like it's like they can't sexual chemistry i never saw that they're like 
also Brienne just reads so queer to me, like so not into fucking men. Right. And like, I, I see her more as like both of them, like they have a deep, profound love for each other. That's not sexual. I think that they could have done it better if they were both really drunk and it just happened. Like you, that would have been, yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like I didn't want it to be a meaningful fuck. Right. I think it would have been funnier if she's like, she was more aggressive and like drunk and they were just fucking. I yeah. I just didn't, I just think that I don't think I needed them to fuck to know that they care deeply about each other. Yeah. Yeah. But people wanted it. They wanted it. And that's fine. And I wasn't mad about it that it happened. I don't really have a whole lot to say about this episode. I found it to be a bit boring. In some parts. You know, it definitely, it wasn't until like the last 10 minutes that it was really um, super compelling or super, because a lot of it was just like, and I get it, it's the final season, like on one hand, they have to tie up whatever loose ends they think they do by like the cast or the characters saying goodbye goodbye to to each other. Um, People were really mad that Jon Snow didn't pet Ghost. (laughs) <laughs> the whole thing is so... There were so many stupid controversies about this episode. The Starbucks cup, I mean, which I like, didn't even notice. I didn't notice either. And honestly, I don't really fucking care. Like, <laughs> who cares? Like, I can't believe that stuff doesn't happen all the time. Like, if I was in charge, that shit would be like... Right. I, I, I would never notice that kind of yeah. stuff. I mean, I feel uh, bad for whoever accidentally left it in the shot. I mean, it's going to happen. Right? It happens. Uh, yeah, the ghost thing was a big deal. Did right. I care? I didn't even notice. If it was a cat, I would have been outraged. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I agree. And I mean, I was like, whatever. And I felt, I did feel bad that Ghost's ear was all fucked up. I think the funny thing is how much uh, the producers and directors and everyone make excuses for everything like the the cinematographer from the dark episode was like oh i meant that right and then the, the ghost thing they're like well we couldn't um cgi, CGI. <laughs> and it's like just admit you fucked up or whatever like right if your episode is about saying goodbyes say goodbye to the fucking dire wolf like yeah do you know what i mean yeah. like come on unless is there going to be some big ending where the dire wolf runs up to Jon Snow at the the end? <laughs> what did they save it for that moment? Like who cares? Like right. I don't even whatever. But I agree. I feel like every episode of the Game of Thrones this season it's like for me it's like the last 10 minutes I'm like here we go and right. then it ends I'm like wait you just started getting good stuff happening like Well so I, I don't was know. I really thought they would spend more time in King's Landing. I really thought the whole yeah. episode would be there. I thought we were going to leave Winterfell but I mean, I guess next week and there's only two more episodes. That's the other thing I stress out every week. I I'm know. like, how are you going to get all the good stuff in? You just keep wasting it on this bullshit. Like I've been, what's so bizarre to me about game of Thrones is like, you know, like I said, I've said on our uh, main show before is that I only started watching game of Thrones like in March and I had like the only reason I held off watching it is because it seemed so overwhelming to me and like so many characters and like, you know, getting into a new show is like, it can seem overwhelming and it's like such this huge thing. But then like after the first episode, I was like, oh my God. And I binged the whole series, you know, Uh in like two or three weeks. Like it was pretty crazy. I binged the whole fucking series. And then when I started now that I have to wait a week for each episode, I'm getting like the shakes. Yeah. And, uh, it's pretty bad. Like I really, and I'm kind of devastated that there's only two episodes of this series left. However, I am, um, you know, very hopeful that there will be many spinoffs and prequels and, you know, it's not going to go away. This is like HBO's biggest fucking show. Absolutely. Okay. So there was some stuff happening in celebrity crime this week. Uh, Rachel 
sent me a story about Janelle Evans. Yes. Do you have a, do you have stuff to say on that? Well, I never watched Teen Mom ever. The only Teen Mom stuff I know about is that that one girl Farrah Abraham did a sex tape. Back oh, right. to Backdoor Mom. I actually didn't watch Teen Mom that much either. I have seen a few episodes and obviously if you are on the internet, you see stories about these you, people. I just all the know time. it from all the tabloid stories. Right. So this week, or like within the last week or two, the the story is her husband, who looks like a total fucking bro, or <laughs> like a redneck bro with a huge like ZZ Top beard, like flannel, like hunting caps, basically shot their dog. That's like what happened. Yeah. Uh, he claims that. Um, the dog bit their baby. This is the other thing with these teen moms. Like, they don't stop having babies. Like, right. they didn't learn their lesson from the one teen mom. <laughs> right. That's what's baffling to me. Like, they all have, like, five kids from, right. like, four different men, which is fine. But it's like, you were on a show about basically ruining your life life by getting pregnant so young well that was like the framing of the show that it's this horrible thing right um so she's still having kids and i guess the dog snapped at this baby he shot the dog and she is upset about it that they, like, shot they the might dog? be getting divorced now because of this and he is like unrelentingly like unapologetic about shooting the dog personally it's like give the dog up for adoption unless right. it's like truly a vicious creature I think it's pretty common that when you have a, a young baby, your animals sometimes don't get along with it or there's like a weird... I mean, I have a friend of mine, their beloved dog snapped at their baby and they were heartbroken, but they ended up having to give the dog away because it attacked their young right. child. And it was like this heartbreaking decision they had to make, but they did it for... They didn't shoot the dog. It's insane They to gave do it that. to a shelter. So, I mean, that's what type of guy we're dealing with. He's actually even has a shaved head with a beard. And I'm looking at a picture of him right now, and he has wraparound sunglasses. I don't know what style this guy is going for. Let me see. Look, that style? Come on. Look, there's nothing wrong with any of the components <laughs> of the stuff that you said, like that he has a beard or wears flannel. I just don't like it on that guy specifically because I know he shot a dog. Exactly. So everything he everything wears, he I'm going to judge him. Is bad. Right. So... There was also some Britney Spears news this yes. week. So we talked about that obviously last week a lot. Um, she has fired her one-time manager and or like or put a restraining order on him, Sam Lufty. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, was, didn't they date as well or something? Right. He it was, was like, very prompt. He was very like had very much of a presence during the like meltdown era of right when that was whatever the narrative. So. That's sort of like one aspect of the story. She's also posting again on Instagram. Yes, Did you check I out saw. That? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the other thing is that her mom now has has sort of gotten her own lawyer and is is like making. She wants to be represented separately in the hearing for Britney's. Um, what's it called? What's it called? The, the conservatorship. Conservatorship. Yeah. Which is like a new thing because apparently only the dad has been involved. So now, so the now mom, Lynn, Lynn wants Lynn to be involved. wants to be involved. Uh, so I don't know what that aspect is, but obviously one of the controversial things in the initial Free Britney movement was that she had been faving um, replies talking about Free Britney. And like Lynn, Britney. Lynn, Lynn Spears. Has, yeah. Oh. So so that people are reading a lot into the fact right. that she's now sort of getting separate representation. Like right. is she going to make a play or whatever? Cardi B also sent a message to Britney Spears. She did. I didn't <laughs> yeah. see that. What'd she say? She 
said, I love you and I totally understand. Fame will really drive you insane. Not only will fame drive you insane, but it's like once you have money and everybody just wants to take it from you or sometimes you just have like your own personal problems. Oh, Cardi. So she sent like a message to Brittany. She's giving her some support. You know who right. else did was Miley. Oh, really? Miley Cyrus uh, said free Britney at like a concert or something. Oh. Yeah. So she's behind the movement. Okay. So, I mean, it certainly uh, seems interesting um, was today the ninth? So the hearing, yes. the um, the conservatorship hearing is tomorrow. Oh wow! So we'll have an update. We'll on give what an update next there. week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the other thing that was sort of in the news this week is the college admission scandal. Yeah. So they're going to have obviously a TV movie based on this, and obviously Lori Loughlin. It's like the role of a lifetime for her that she won't get cast in. This. It's like the greatest irony. Uh, I don't think we've ever discussed this on any of the shows. Do you have any like uh, thoughts um, on it? I think my thoughts are are pretty uncontroversial on the matter, and it's that rich people shouldn't be able to buy their way into things <laughs> like it's right. college things. Like it's a, it's a, it's a fucking Shonda. Like I hate it. Um, I think that it's also hilarious. It was kind of hilarious when she really thought that she wasn't going to get in trouble for it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the outrageous thing to me, which I'm happy this is happening, is Lori Laughlin is going to trial with this. Everyone else is pleading guilty, guilty to the charges and I guess maybe cutting deals or whatever. Well, that's what I mean. Is She's that she... taking it to trial. Right. And it's like, I can't fucking wait for this trial to happen. Yeah. The other thing that, that cracked me up this week about this case is that Olivia Jade was seen uh, shopping at Ikea. Because I guess she's moved out of her parents' So she's going to college. (laughs) No, I think she's just moved out on her own, like left her parents' Bel Air mansion. So she's at Ikea. And she's at Ikea, I guess, buying furniture for her new apartment or whatever. Uh, I have no idea. So yeah, um, that's sort of that case. We'll definitely be following that trial. Yeah, it is. That sounds hilarious. I mean, that was an interesting morning on Twitter when that case broke. Well, because... I remember first seeing the first tweet about it. I think it might have been our friend Ryan. It was, probably was, was like, Ryan. I was like, what? This the whole the headline was so it sounds stupid. So absurd. I was like, this can't be what it sounds like. And it was what yeah. it was. I yeah. mean, exactly what it was. Okay. Um, so now I'm gonna get into a little bit of some trial action. One trial ended today, and that is the trial of Anna Delvey. <laughs> Did you follow this story? Of Rachel? course. I fucking was obsessed with this story. So she basically. Do, do, we a, should we should explain who Anna Delvey is. She's the Soho scammer. I mean, she basically created a fake identity that she was like a socialite. Yeah, a German socialite. That's what she said. Um, and she scammed rich people out of money, basically, and right? CEOs, like yeah. billionaires, like really, really like beyond wealthy like people, little like socialites in New York. So people who from families that are billionaires and like other people with tons of money, like yeah. I mean, it's a pretty amazing story and definitely, in my opinion, a victim of this crime. <laughs> well, it's like, not like she was scamming, like, poor people or anything. No, she wasn't taking, like, old people's last dollars. Right. Like, whatever. So you kind of didn't feel like a terrible monster for, you know, re- loving reading this story. Right. So she ended up stealing, like, or whatever, $275,000, which is quite a lot. Uh, the funny thing to me is that she hired a celebrity stylist to style her for her courtroom Of course she did. <laughs> like, that is amazing. There's an Instagram devoted to her courtroom looks, I, by the way. I, I have been looking at her courtroom looks. I like some of her looks. 
I like the white dress. Um, oh yeah, that was really cute. I posted I about it today it on Twitter. In black. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, basically, she, you know, the trial is ended today. She um, is ordered to pay almost two hundred thousand dollars back in restitutions, and there's a fine of twenty four thousand, and then she could face four years in jail. Um, the judge. <laughs> <laughs> or her lawyers described her as like a hustler trying to make it in New York City, akin to the lyrics of Frank Sinatra's New York, New York, which I find to be a very interesting fucking defense. The judge said that she was reminded of a different song. I heard Bruce Springsteen's Blinded by the Light. She was blinded by the glitter and glamour of New York City. <laughs> it's like, that's all that's, that song is about. That's like, a really big stretch. <laughs> I love when people who literally have no clue about music just like will try to use it as like an analogy. Well, or like when metaphor. Ronald Reagan used Born in the USA as right. his campaign song, right. and Bruce Springsteen was like, fuck you, that's an anti war song. <laughs> Uh, she was also described as showing no remorse and more serious about her clothing than anything else, which is like, if you're trying to make me hate her, you're really not doing a great job of it. So, you know what? I have high hopes for this girl. Like I would love to read her book. Oh my God. I would love to know like everything about her. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to do a show on her soon because, um, there are two movie, like TV, uh, movie type things. One is Lena Dunham and one is, uh, Shonda Rhimes is doing like a TV type deal. So hopefully, um, we can do a movie versus reality on her story because I would love to dive into that fucking story. She's, uh, amazing person. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. On a more serious trial note, the next Sam trial is happening. Yes. So I feel like I'm gonna, we're going to touch on this trial because it'll probably go on for a while, but I definitely feel like a follow-up ep- episode will be in yeah. order at some point. Yeah, we can do a part two. Um, so, because a lot more information is coming out, I found a really great article in Rolling Stone about like the first two days of the trial. I'm going to hit on some like points in this trial. Uh, I'm sorry, in this article, but you should definitely you know read it, and maybe we'll post a link to it on our Facebook group. So the first day of the trial, which was just Wednesday... Uh, so like yesterday when we're recording this, um, the first witness was a 32 year old woman named Sylvie and she was one of his sex slaves basically in this cult. Uh, she got into the cult when she was 18 years old and the, the way she got in was with her boss, Claire Bronfman, who who we talked about in our, uh, original episode on this. She's a Seagram's heir. Yeah. I remember her and her sister are like very wealthy and they basically helped fund this cult early on. Yep. Um, so that's how she got into the cult. She, um, in her testimony, she described him as being touchy feely, creepy, Ugh. and da 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 da. But um, she eventually goes into the training. She does the the ex- like they had extensive workouts, and like she becomes the slave. She goes into the secret sorority, um, and then of course, eventually, she's told not to have sex with her husband. She's forced to send naked photos to Keith and have oral sex with him, and then she's told to um, recruit other female slaves. <sighs> now, uh, the interesting thing that came out today, um, yesterday, and today, because another man. Uh, testified today, and he was a former Nexium member named Mark Vicente. They really talk about this interesting concept, and this article goes deep into it about how they kind of used the patriarchy and misogyny, like it's the underlying theme, obviously, of a cult, right. like a sex slave cult. But they sold this female empowerment, and like that's how they got women in. Right. So the whole time, this female empowerment was really sex is fucking Ugh. disgusting, controlling bullshit. It's like 
they basically would say, here's, you know, don't speak that way. We're right. trying to empower you. They were but starving it was all them. About, yeah, they were starving them as well. But it was all about, like, trying to break women of um, the things they do as women that are bad, including things like everything you do is to manipulate men. <sighs> so you need to break yourself of those habits. But it's like, so in, in like, doing this stuff to empower them, it's actually breaking them down right. and making them even more susceptible to being controlled. Right. So it's like it's such a really sick, twisted fucking logic. twisted like, way of doing it. Yeah, like, it honestly makes me sick. And that's basically how they got these women in because these women didn't even know they were joining a cult with this guy as the leader. Initially, it was the um, DOS, which we talked about mm-hmm. in the episode. So it was like um, people were like, hey, come in this thing. It's all about female empowerment. It's all women. We're all run by women. And the next thing you know, they're all being fucking branded by this guy, right. Keith Rainier. And even that was sold as a female empowerment thing. Like, hey, be badass. Get fucking branded. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, right. So this article really goes in into a lot of the psychology of this shit. And you should really read it because it's very interesting. I just don't have time to go into it without it being a full episode. Yeah. Um, but I definitely would love to cover this more in a main episode. Um, and I will post this article cause it's really fucking interesting and sad how they yeah. manipulated women. So I'm definitely going to be following this case more and I hope he testifies. Yeah. I don't know if he is. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's that trial. <laughs> um, that's such a crazy story. It's um, so it's so fucking crazy, and it just feels like all of this is was like just happening for so many years Isn't it under weird our that nose. Cults still happen. It's so crazy. I mean, that just shows the power of the manipulation. They're always, they're always coming up with more modern ways to right. manipulate, right? And just new ways to do it. Yeah. Um, okay. So one of our segments that we want to start regularly doing is like talking about shows or books or podcasts that we recommend. Uh, I'm going to start this off with a podcast recommendation, Rachel. These girls. They have a podcast called the the Gorgeous Garbage. The, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> They're hilarious girls. They they did a ho- the reason I found them is because they tagged us on Instagram because they did a Hollywood crime scene inspired episode. They don't normally do crime. It's just two girls talking shit about like pop culture and yeah. they're really cute and funny. And they did a Hollywood crime scene inspired episode on Pamela Smart. So of course, if someone tells me they did a podcast about me, I have to listen. <laughs> The podcast before the Pamela Smart one, they talk about, they found our podcast yeah. and they talk about us. For like I listened to that minutes. one. It's really funny and cute. I just feel like they're new. They're starting out. And if you want to check out your, a new, another podcast, they're funny. Listen to the Pamela Smart one because it's crime. And like, I was really excited when I saw they had a podcast about LuLaRoe. That's why I, I oh, saw right, that. Right, right. I was like, I, I haven't listened to it yet, but I subscribed to the show and I was like, oh my God, LuLaRoe, I'm all over it. Yeah. They're cute. I mean, I, yeah. think, I think they're funny. Like, I started listening. It's always kind of scary because you want to <laughs> like it because I liked the girls. and um, But it was good. Yeah. I, I kept listening. Like, yeah. So I even past the part about us. <laughs> I mean, what could be higher, like, praise than that? <laughs> they are adorable. They're really they're cute. They're really so, cute. Uh, check it out. The Gorgeous Garbage. It's spelled like garbage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I'm not going to. I'm going to say it the way they say it. Yeah. And it's fancy. It is fancy. And we like fancy. Yeah. Um, another fun thing I thought would do that we could do this week since Mother's Day is coming up is to talk about maybe some uh, mothers like in movies that we like. Yeah. And I feel like we have a lot of crossover here, Rachel. Yeah. So first of all, I want to say this isn't a movie, but this TV show just wrapped up the act. Oh my God. So talk about like a bad mom, a mother daughter relationship. Right. Did you like the act? I loved it. 
It's really good. It's really good. I mean, it's like... It's trashy. What else could I want? Like, first of all, I love Joey King. I've always liked her as an actress. Who was she from? She made her, like... I mean, the first time I saw her was she played... Uh, Colin Hanks's daughter in the first season of Fargo. And I was like, who? Oh, right. And right, I was right, like, right. who is this child star? Like, she's so cute. Yeah, she's she so great. So I think her portrayal of Gypsy Rose was so fucking good and so dead on. Like, she was able, even like, she just was able to just transform herself. Yeah, the she mannerisms and the way I thought her, the acting was good. The acting was great. Patricia Arquette, I love her. She was so good as as uh, Dee Dee. Uh-huh. And um, I thought the dad was good. The dad At was the great. End, he was. So, I, he touched me. Like, yeah, I was, uh, the dad was great. Not the only time a dad's touched me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chloe Sevigny was she's great. She's good, and the guy was good. I don't know his name, the actor. Oh my god, he was so great. He was really creepy, and I actually was like, oh my god, he is. He horrible with those bangs it. but then when i saw him in real life i was like oh he's actually cute like he did a good job of like uglying right. up for the role like right because the bangs were just like the and there's like the jerking off stuff it was, was so torture. uncomfortable i was dying yeah like, it's one of the most uncomfortable things i have ever seen on film <laughs> honestly like it takes a lot to shock me and desi me in terms of like depraved gross uncomfortable stuff it was so realistic they, and dur- uh, it was just, just like it was, i was like i should not be seeing this it was so real that's it felt like you were wa- intruding on someone's the sex was really bad too like yeah which made it really realistic but she was pretending to love it i don't know the Ugh. whole thing so definitely if you haven't watched it yet i mean it's I based would be on surprised. the true crime of gypsy rose blanchard who i do believe should be out of prison come on guys yeah. like that was self-defense i think there's so. no i mean seriously like, this is Didi a, didn't need to she wasn't gonna last much longer anyhow she seemed really sick at the end yeah <laughs> <laughs> look look Didi was abusing her kid long term for entire life like i've been obsessed with munchausen by proxy like since i have I was two. a child i it have is the two. most insane crime and like disorder i guess um my mom was wild. the one who told me about it when i was like fucking nine or something i don't know how we got started on that conversation if you think i'm bad look at you this know mom what? it honestly might have been like that at least you, totally. at least i don't have munchausen by at proxy least I'm pretending you have leukemia right <laughs> but that's when i found out about it was like my mom and i were talking about it for some reason and i've been fascinated with it ever since because it's so it's something that just makes me my skin crawl thinking about it it's a really creepy thing. But I always read cases yeah. about it. And this is probably one of the most extreme and well-documented It's like the worst of case it. of yeah. it, yeah. So it's definitely good. Um, if you haven't seen the documentary, I think it's still on HBO. No, it's Hulu. No, the documentary. Oh, the documentary, Mo- uh, Mommy Dead and Dearest. Mommy Dead and Dearest. Yeah. And then you can watch the act on Hulu. Yeah. And it's uh, really good. You'll watch it. Yeah. You'll binge it. So are we going to talk about mom movies? Yeah. Obviously, Mommy Dearest. Yeah, that's a classic. It's a classic mom movie. <laughs> It's such a good. I was thinking of today because I I was thinking one thing I love saying to like people who like slide into my DMs and they're like famous ish is I always think of that line like I'm not one of your fans right <laughs> like I, I I think I said that today to somebody and it was just like that is a classic line that like I repeat so many lines from this movie and it's like not even the wire hangers one like just so, so I, many I like lines. bring me the axe yeah <laughs> I mean there's so many like. When I saw that movie as a kid, I remember thinking, this is the greatest movie <laughs> that I've ever seen in my life. Like, I wanted to be the girl. I was like, I would love to pour martinis for my my, da- my mom's boyfriends. <laughs> like, why is my 
my life so sad. <laughs> like, I just have to open a Coors Light. Like, I would like to, like, be more classy. Right. And be pouring cocktails for If people. I'm going to be getting abused, yeah. I want it to be Seriously? in a big house. Seriously? Yeah. As an abused house. child, I was jealous of Christina. I was like, at least she gets to be abused in luxury. <laughs> So yes, it was goals for me. Right, um, and then of course we, are, Rachel and I, one of our favorite films, The Bad Seed. Yes, and that's definitely not a bad mom. It's no, a bad seed. It's a bad. But she has daughter. some issues. I mean, uh, no, I would say the reason that is such an interesting mother movie is because you know Nancy Kelly, who's the actress who plays. Um, uh, Rhoda's mom. Rhoda's mom, Mrs. Penmark. She is a good mom. She's a great mom. And she cares deeply about her daughter, but her daughter's a monster. And the movie is her wrestling with her daughter well, being a monster. And it's also, she's wrestling with her mom. Oh, like, yeah. It's a mom it's, relationship. Right. She's a daughter, too. Like, it's a, so it's like you're getting three It's the generational yeah. issue. It's a great movie. So it's, if you haven't seen that one, check it out this Mother's Day. <laughs> um, obviously, also one of our favorite movies, Female Trouble. Oh, I mean, my that's God. That's an insanely great mom-daughter relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you get to see it through conception, yeah, till the end, right? I mean, it's such a funny, crazy movie. I mean, Divine fucks himself in that movie. That's a, definitely a movie that changed my life. I can yeah. say for sure. I, I, when I saw that movie, I was like, oh, that's my sense of humor, right? <laughs> like, whatever right. this is, that's who I am. So right. it is definitely like a movie I saw where I was like, oh my god, there's people who think like me, right? And I felt like, oh, this is great. So anytime someone says they like that movie, I'm like, oh, we're probably friends. Absolutely. Um, and then one of my, probably my favorite movie as far as like being like, if someone was like, what's your favorite movie? And I had to be serious for a second. <laughs> it would be Rosemary's Baby. Oh. Like, I love that movie. It's a great movie. I realize it's a problematic director, but it was before he did anything bad. <laughs> That's how I've come to like, accept liking that movie. Look, still. I don't think, I, I don't think it's that off the wall to say you love Rosemary's Baby. I think right. people acknowledge that it is a great piece of art regardless of it's who directed it. It's such a good it. movie. Like, I will watch it anytime yeah. I see that it's on. I love so much about this movie, but as far as the baby goes, <laughs> there is one funny scene because there is, like, um, an old woman in the scene who doesn't want Rosemary to nurse. It's just, like, this creepy woman. I think her name is Mary Louise. I'm, I'm like, it's, like, skipping my mind now. Um, but, yeah, it's such a good movie. It's definitely more horror um, in the horror vein, and there's probably a lot of good mother movies in that vein. Um, oh, yeah. So. Well, my mother's movie that I was going to mention was Carrie. Oh, yeah. Because I love that movie. to me, and I've seen Carrie a hundred times, but to me, Carrie having telekinesis and killing people, that's not the frightening part of the movie. The frightening part of the movie is her fucking religious zealot mom. It's such a good Piper Laurie. Piper Laurie is so good in that movie. Oh it's my god! Like, like that is the horror in that movie. That of course, yeah. That last moment of her where they're wrestling around and the house is burning, and then and she shuts the doors, and like, then when Carrie shuts the doors, and so Piper the Laurie gets crucified, like it's in the so hallway. Good. It's so dark. That's such a good movie. Yeah. Um, so two more I like. They're also old movies. Um, one is Imitation of Life, and I think I probably talked about that in we the have, yeah. Turner episode. It's a really good um, Technicolor, you know, one of those epic long, and it's all women, like mother-daughters. Right. Two sets of mothers and da daughters. Really good. And the other one is Mildred Pierce. And you can watch the Joan Crawford one, and the Kate Winslet one is really good, too. And I think that that's still on HBO. Um, but I like that one. Did you see the remake? 
I didn't see the remake. Um, it's really good. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money, and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Okay. So now we're going to get to the listener questions and stories. We yes. ask people in our Facebook group to send us questions to our email at hollywoodcrimescene at gmail.com or their celebrity encounters or celebrity crime related stories. And we got a bunch. So if you want to send that in to us um, as a listener, you can do the same thing and we'll get to them week to week. Yeah. So uh, the first question is from Jason and he said, do you think any member of the Manson family, family cult deserves to be let out of prison at this point in time. Well, you're the Manson expert on the show. What do I you think? I wouldn't say I'm a Manson expert, but like, it's like, a, it's a really tricky thing <laughs> because it's like, of course, in the face of it, you're like, people were brutally murdered. If you didn't, you didn't necessarily stab them maybe, but you were a part of the crime. But then a part of me is like, well, what's the point of parole? Why do we even have that system if you can never get out. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, and then there's the argument, like how brainwashed were these women? How brainwashed were they? And then I was talking to my friend who we're going to have on next month. Probably he has a Manson book coming out. I was talking about it to him last week about Leslie Van Houten. Right. And he, he described her as being very manipulative. Yeah. So I think if you, you know, you hear John Waters talk about Leslie Van Houten, they're like friends and yeah. he's very pro her getting released. And then it's like, I'll hear that. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm convinced she should get out. And then I'll hear my friend tell me that side of the equation. And it's like, oh, well maybe she is just a manipulative cause she's kind of the pretty one. Maybe she uses that kind of pretty innocent, whatever, but no one's talking about Patricia Krenwinkel getting out cause she was sort of the more, you know, not as attractive whatever do you know what I mean like so I wonder if there's like an element to it where it's like sexist because she's pretty and sweet we want to let her out do you know what I mean like 
Honestly, it's hard to even answer this question without getting on my soapbox and talking about all the people in prison for, like, stupid things, like drugs and stuff. Right. And, like, just talking about the whole carceral system, which will just make me really angry. I really don't have an opinion, personally, on the Manson girls. Right. It doesn't really bother me either way, I think. Yeah. This isn't, like, something I'm, like, like extremely for or against. Right. Like, it's not something on my mind, necessarily. Okay. So... Bleta, or Bleta? I don't know how to say her name. I'm sorry, Bleta, B-L-E-T-A. Yeah, she, I know her. She's from our Facebook yeah, group. Yeah, we've seen her around. She sent us a bunch of questions, so let's get to them. Why do you think Claudine Langer never gave interviews on Spider Savage? You kind of did that case. Yeah. Any insight into that? She probably wanted to put it behind her and right. go into obscurity and not yeah. be grilled That's about what I it was thinking too like, <laughs> i think the she most... literally didn't want to be famous for this and right never wanted to talk about it right um she asked if we think we're going to ever do an episode on marlon brando's children we absolutely will be doing that we just haven't gotten to it what has been your favorite episode so far what's your favorite episode um i had a few um i really like the anna nicole and girl 27 ones because it has that element yeah. of like whatever uh they sort of have a deeper level to yeah. it um i also really liked um i liked the rebel episode i did and i also really liked the poltergeist one it like oh, kills yeah. me that, i like, know that one has the worst sound i know I like it had the funniest story that is like my favorite too but one of our microphones wasn't on so it's just us talking into one microphone except <laughs> i'm across the table so it sounds like horrible right but it, maybe one day we'll get money enough to fix it somehow. yeah we'll yeah. fix yeah some it's like really sound wizard me. so that is like a depressing one yeah <laughs> um and i fucking worked so hard on that research too that's what kills me like right. i it's sad. i did so much research we did on look that. into getting it fixed one time but it was just too much money to yeah. do and we just didn't have it yeah um, but one yeah. day we'll maybe fix it maybe one day yeah. Um, I obviously love Scotty Bowers. Right. Both of our Food Network episodes, because that's something I could just talk about for hours. Like, it's so me easy too. for me to just talk about that stuff. It's, like, the difference between, like, what do I like researching? What's, right. like, interesting for me to research? And what's interesting, like, as, a, like, what show ended up being really good? Like, right. sometimes we would have shows that ended up being really funny we didn't even expect right we would have a lot to talk about you know um obviously the batman case like in recent memory like that that one was really fun to do right that was fun yeah um okay so is there a case you would never talk about not for me rachel obviously (laughs) (laughs) um i i guess like it's it's just more of the stuff that i have a hard time listening to when it comes to like true crime because i listen to true crime podcasts all day i love true crime podcasts and the ones like i know last podcast like recently did like a three-parter on um the holocaust and i couldn't listen to it it's like too close to home um so the last question c sent in was is there a case you really want to do that you haven't got around to doing I have like a ton of those. Yeah. But in particular, I really want to do Judy Garland. Yeah. Uh, I really want to do, there's a few I want to do that have been done a lot, but I, I feel like we could do like a new take on it or have like whatever. I would love to see what we would take with it. Menendez brothers, John Bonet, 
And um, the other one I would really love to do that would be definitely more a funny one is like Tammy Faye Baker. Oh my and god! I, I just saw that like there's a movie coming out with Jessica oh, Chastain, my, I guess playing Tammy Faye. Oh my god! So that one I feel like Dude. I would love to do that episode. That's so like Tammy Faye, Jessica Hahn, Jim Baker. That has Hollywood crime scene all over, written yeah, all over it's it. It's definitely like one of those tabloid yeah. stories. Yeah. I would love to do, and I don't think I've ever really done one myself. Like you sort of have done most of the more tabloidy ones just yeah. by chance yeah but obviously i love those and i want totally. to do that one so don't <laughs> fucking take it bitch i won't that's yours that's yours i got dibs we have we've heard it here first okay uh, are there any cases you're dying to yes cover? actually and i don't know if i should give it away because it's kind of related to the case that i'm doing next week okay so but it, it's like it's something that is is a thing in the case i'm doing next week it has to do like there's that element that's connected yeah. to that story. Okay. But it's like a larger thing. Oh, cool. So. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot that I want to do. So some, sometimes, that's great. Sometimes we just don't get around to doing them at certain points because we know it's going to be a certain amount of research that we need to prepare more for. Like Right. Or depending what Rachel has done, I might not want to do it. Um, so, and then we did get one funny story uh, from Christy in Australia. <laughs> uh, she... She had a. She said her family kind of always has these weird celebrity encounters, including like I guess when they filmed Baywatch <laughs> in, <laughs> in Australia. In Australia, yeah. And she said that um, when she was a child, this was her first celebrity sighting. Um, she said that she used to get super sick on flights, and that um, the cabin crew member saw her getting kind of nauseous on the plane, and she told this. And Christy was only like seven years old at this time, and she's like, James Garner <laughs> is in first class. Uh, do you want to go say hi to him? Like as if that would cheer up a child. I right, love, like, like a yeah, seven-year-old. Yeah, I'm a huge Rockford Files fan. Thank you. <laughs> but the mom, of course, was like, oh, James Garner. <laughs> and she was like, yes, of course, Christy would love to go say hi to him, right? And she said that her mom took her into first class to say hi to James Garner. And when they walked up to him, he was kind of... Um, Sleeping, so she just sees this old man kind of sleeping, and she reached out her hand and poked him and asked her mom if he was dead. <laughs> and of course, the mom was mortified and like dragged her back to second class or whatever it's called, coach. coach. Second class, <laughs> Christy, get back in there, you insolent child. <laughs> so I thought that was a pretty funny first celebrity encounter. It's just so. It's so adorable. It is so something this only a seven-year-old child would do, where right. it's like, I don't know who this fucking exactly. celebrity is, yeah. and they're scary because they're really old. I love the mom, too, acting like, oh, yes, <laughs> this will definitely cheer Christy up. <laughs> it's, like, so embarrassing. Have you had, like, any celebrity encounters that were, like, embarrassing, like, Yes, when recently. Oh, no. Really? <laughs> no, not. Like, yeah, when I was a child. Oh, oh wait, wait, who was recently? Ben Foster. Oh, when I met Ben Foster at Brendan's premiere of Russian Doll, he was there um, with his girlfriend and uh, we went up to talk to them and Brendan, I was like, how dare he bring her? But then I was like, oh, I guess Rachel was there. Yeah. Yeah. I was there with my boyfriend. How dare you? Anyway. So like Brendan and Ben are kind of like, you know, doing the whole like, oh, I haven't seen you in a while or whatever. Like you're great. You're no, you're great. No, you're great. And I was like, well, I've been a fan of Ben Foster since he was on the Disney channel show flash forward. <laughs> and he was great on that. <laughs> That's what I said. That's what I said. And he looks at me and he goes, well, now I feel really old. And I was like, well, you weren't that much older than me. <laughs> I was just like, I couldn't. And it wasn't like he, it was just embarrassing because like, 
I've been such a fan of his for so long right. and I just sounded like such a fan and I don't like get I don't treat celebrities like that when I meet them like ever but like you yeah. know sometimes when it's like more of like I don't know it's yeah. like someone you just have had like a you've followed their career for right. so long so, so you like feel like you have connected. this personal yeah. connection with them but when I was a child I'm trying to think of a weird celebrity encounter when I was a child I mean I have one okay actually and I'm still bitter I was at Bloomingdale's <laughs> as a child, and I was really into, I talked about this last week, but I was really into Michael Jackson as a kid. Okay, sorry. Uh, I didn't know. Um, and then I saw um, Latoya Jackson at Bloomingdale's. Oh, my God. And I, like, was so nervous, and I walked up to her to get her autographed, and her uh, security guard pushed me away. <gasps> oh. And I was like, Latoya. <laughs> like Latoya Jackson but I just was like Michael Jackson's sister oh my god like and it was like the height of their fame like all of the Jacksons were kind of famous and she was married to that insane guy (laughs) do you remember Jack (laughs) her like white abusive husband do you remember no I don't oh my god come on (laughs) that's its own episode you should do an episode on it you should do an episode because they had an insanely bad relationship oh my god that was always in the tabloids um, so yeah, that was my embarrassing celebrity child moment so I've never forgiven Latoya Jackson I mean, come on. I'm a kid. Right. <laughs> Even I, if I'm an asshole kid, she didn't know that. Like, right. Right. <laughs> we want to end these uh, episodes on like a lighter note. Yeah. Although these were pretty light. So we want to talk about what we eat. What did you eat this week, Rachel? <laughs> well, before you came over, I had a baked potato. I know. That's one of my favorite foods. You know what? I've been craving baked potatoes ever since we did that episode on our bonus on our patreon episodes about the The fad diets the baked potato and there was this one fad diet that was like uh tuesday you can have a baked potato with whatever you want and then every subsequent day of the week it had to remind the dieter you can't have a baked potato today potato today That's my favorite diet yeah, ever. No like, baked potato. That was an explicit rule that was made for me. Me too. Because I know I would be like, can I still have another baked potato? <laughs> like, that's what I would I'm be hungry. asking every day. Um, baked potatoes are one of the best foods. I might have mentioned this on that episode. I once had to go on a family cruise for five days, and every meal I made the cabin make me a baked potato. Because they say on a cruise, they're like, you can get whatever food you want at any time of the day, and I would always get a baked potato because the food is actually not great on these cruises. But you can't go right. You can't fuck it up. You get butter, sour cream, chives. Right. And you get a a baked potato that was probably microwave, but who cares? No, I'm just saying you can't fuck it up. Yeah. It always tastes good. Um, I know in our Facebook group, a lot, a lot of people are talking about being on low carbs, and I'm doing low carb. So I want to recommend um, a sugar-free candy because <laughs> that's what I've been eating Ugh. other than, like, vegetables and fucking bullshit. Um, Seas has these really good sugar-free dark chocolate with, like, nuts in it, candies, Ooh. and they're really good. I love Seas. Yeah, I, I bought them. They're, they were kind of expensive, but it's good because you're dying for sugar. And right. And really good dark chocolate. And then the other thing I really like is um, Russell Stover's, um, they're like peppermint patties, but they're sugar-free. <laughs> they're really good. Oh. So that's my little hint. Okay. Shout out to the low-carb people in the group. But I was yeah. definitely not low-carb this week. I did eat a box of Cheez-Its uh, new crackers that are like grooves. They have grooves in them. Ooh. They're way better than Cheez-Its. Do you know what else is my new obsession is um, Trader Joe's has an onion dip. Like, you know that classic sour cream I onion love that dip? onion dip. I buy that onion dip, and since I'm low-carb, I dip in celery. <laughs> but I'll Aww. eat, like, a whole fucking container of it. <laughs> <laughs> Which celery. is very healthy. <laughs> 
dude i'm fucking healthy it's dude. so good on the celery though oh i also you. made a banana split this week what dude i have been not like okay eating super good i feel pretty good then yeah you've Holy been doing shit. well i was at the grocery store raging that one day a few days ago and i bought all the ingredients to make a banana split because i'm really into that they're so good i'm not like a big ice cream fan but i love banana splits and oh, like, man, now I want one. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, well, I mean, I like ice cream. I just don't like ever buy it because I'm never like craving it. Right. But I fucking crave banana splits. Okay. I want one. So I made one. We have all the ingredients if you want to make one no, after the show. I'm not, I'm, I'm low carb, Rachel. Well, Desi, it is, I mean, <laughs> I it is full cream. of sugar. It's yeah. Oh, I bought three <laughs> different flavors of ice cream. Holy shit, Rachel. Desi, I Rachel bought. Rachel never has food at her house, by the way. So I know that she's. Like, I'm yeah. She must I'm be going her period soon. I I must be because I've been like, I was really emotional today. Also, I just got my period and it, it's at the end, so you must be getting yours. And I can't believe I made it through my period. I'm so cheating. shocked. I know. Okay, well, let me tell me you shocked. the ice cream. Okay. I had I bought chocolate. I bought uh, vanilla bean and pistachio, really high quality pistachio. Ooh. And then I have bananas. I bought chocolate fudge <gasps> sauce and mm. caramel sauce oh, and shit. whipped cream. Holy shit. I know. Fuck you. Um, okay. All right. Well, that's, that's the end. Okay. That's Send it. in your questions. Yeah. Uh, email us your questions at hollywoodcrimescene at gmail.com. Gmail uh-huh. and, um, and we'll answer them on next week's show. Bye. Okay. Bye.